This is an AMI podcast. I'm Dave Brown, and this is a podcast version of AMI's Morning Show, now with Dave Brown. Catch the live broadcasts weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's the Now News Panel on AMI. I'm Dave Brown, joined by Judah Gupta and Michelle McQuig. We've got one more topic on deck. China has begun live-fire military drills in the waters around Taiwan. Normally, I would do a big, long setup, but instead, let's hear from Charles de Ledesma of the Associated Press. China says it has conducted precision missile strikes in the Taiwan Strait as part of military exercises by its Navy, Air Force and other departments in six zones surrounding the island. The drills have been prompted by a visit to the island by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi this week. The intentions to advertise China's threat to attack the self-governing island republic in response to moves to solidify its de facto independence from Chinese rule. State media says the exercises are joint operations focused on blockade, sea target assault, strike on ground targets and airspace control. I'm Charles Dilatesma. And those drills continue today and China also announced a international sanction on U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi as well. Joita, this topic uh, made some waves with you. We've only got about five minutes here, but what do you think we should explore in this issue? I think there is a lot to explore in this issue. One of the things that has become evident to me uh, in in looking at the Ukraine conflict is that things that seem to happen far away from us, in fact, have implications much closer to home. And I think with the Nancy Pelosi's visit, uh, it's interesting because this is the first time in almost 30 years that someone with her rank has visited Taiwan. And the U.S. has had a really sort of ambiguous relationship when it's come to Taiwan. On the one hand, they have uh, provided military equipment and um, been a supporter of Taiwan. But at the same time, their official position has been to maintain a degree of, of distance. You could call a strategic ambiguity. So they're trying, they have so far tried to keep both sides happy. And yet it's hard to think uh, of a scenario where uh, Joe Biden wasn't aware uh, that this visit was going to take place. Although, of course, the White House has subsequently come out and said that it was a non- not an official visit. They had no intention of changing the status quo. And yet it is a very volatile part of the world. And I think there are questions looming large about what happens next. Do we, uh, you know, is this going to lead to an invasion? Is this something that it might eventually lead to peaceful reunification? What actually happens down the road, especially with China so willing to flex its muscles with these military exercises that are now in their second or third day? It's worth noting that pretty much once a month, China engages in large-scale military drills near Taiwan, uh, typically when Craig Oliver and I would prepare for our Wednesday segments. Oftentimes, we'd talk about, are we going to discuss China and Taiwan this week because of these military drills? So there's a certain fervor occurring this week related to the Pelosi visit, but these are not uncommon drills. Perhaps the scale of the drills this week matter, but I do think there's a certain uh, clutching of pearls this week that, that only relates to the U.S. political side of this. This is a story that that just exists and has existed for decades. Michelle, any observations about the story? Yeah, I, it's similar to yours, in fact, in that a lot of the reaction has been focused on the U.S. And, you know, was Nancy Pelosi wise to make this visit? Did the U.S. government do the right thing? Blah, 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 blah. 
But as you said, this is a long-standing conflict with a lot of history, and these military exercises are not that different. And I think what's worth noting here is that China knows the world is watching. So it's now conducting similar behavior that it's been performing in the past, but in front of a much broader audience. And we'd be crazy to think that the government of China does not know this and is not fully aware of this. And hasn't been keeping an eye on the situation in Russia. Uh, there are some similar dynamics at play here. A smaller country uh, being what they would describe as threatened by a much larger power that the rest of the Western world is trying to tiptoe around in a lot of cases and is trying to forge alliances within different senses. And in many in many ways, China could be seen as even more powerful than Russia in that respect. So it's I, I feel like the focus is a bit perplexing in light of the bigger picture. Yeah, uh, it's it's not just politics too, it's entertainment. Uh, Disney had a bunch of movies pulled out of mainland China because one of their actors acknowledged the existence of Taiwan. So there's a certain petulance that exists with the Chinese government here that they don't want the rest of the world to acknowledge Taiwan. They want them to think of them as an island that only China, only China thinks about. So this again seems like an extension of that. So although it's the focus this week, this is something that has existed for a long, long time Mm -hmm. and bubbles up to the surface every now and then. Uh, Joita, we've only got two minutes here, but you did hear Michelle mention the way in which uh, Russia and Ukraine influences, and you mentioned that in your answer as well. How do you think that is framing the conversation that we're having, particularly this week? Well, I think uh, there's a couple of ways in which the conversation is being framed. The first thing to note is just the Western support for Ukraine has been tremendous, and I think China is is looking at that and... um, it will, I think, cause the government of, of mainland China to take to pause and consider uh, how much they're willing to actually escalate. Now, mind you, um, at least as you think about China's military capacity, I don't think they're quite where they want to be. But in 10 to 15 years, they may not care. They may have a far more they might their naval naval capacity might be far more well developed, and they may be willing to in, invade in in 10 to 15 years. Or, you know, even to be frank with you. Um, there, Taiwan is made up of a number of small islands. If they're really upset about this, um, this U.S. Nancy Pelosi's visit, some people have speculated that they might try to snatch a couple of those smaller islands. But the fact of the matter is, um, I think this whole conflict in Ukraine has underscored that there is a lot of Western support for these the smaller country in in the whole situation, and I think China is going to take. Take heed and and sort of look at that. Uh, besides which, I think China is also so Russia is also dealing with the economic fallout of that uh, of of sanctions. Um, and again, that's going to be something that China is going to look at moving forward. Yeah, certainly for sure, guys. We are flat out of time. Joita, thank you for bringing this topic to us today. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. And Michelle, you enjoy your weekend as well. We'll talk to you on Monday morning. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to Now with Dave Brown. Hit the subscribe button on any podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.